Happy Monday, everybody. Thank you so much for downloading or streaming the Be Our Guest podcast. You're in for a treat or maybe a trick today because we're trying something totally different. I had a last minute cancellation this week, so I'm trying out a new concept on the show that I call Five Good Minutes with Mike. And what happens is I go live here on the feed and a bunch of our listeners jumped in with me here on Facebook and YouTube and they threw any topic they wanted at me related to Disney, and I talked for five good minutes about that topic. So some of the topics that I cover for just five good minutes, tips for New Year's Eve at Epcot, my five favorite counter service locations in all four Disney theme parks, memories from the Osborne Lights. If I was to bring about a new Walt Disney World Resort, what would the theme be and where would I put it? Uh, this and many other topics on today's show, so you're going to get a, pr- a bunch of ideas that you're going to hear about in the Disney hemisphere here. And just give me some thoughts on what you think of today's show. Kind of a last minute thing, but wanted to try something a little different for your Monday. As always, don't forget our shows are brought to you by The Magic for Less Travel. Check them out for all your Disney trip planning needs over at themagicforless.com. Please also use our Amazon affiliate link when you shop online. That one extra click really does support everything we do. It's BeOurGuestPodcast.com slash Amazon. And a sincere thank you to the patrons of the Be Our Guest Podcast. You make all these shows possible. And our patrons get that bonus show every week called Mike in the Midwest. If you'd like to join us, we'd sure love to have you. Come on over, patreon.com slash Be Our Guest Podcast. Ready to take a trip to the world? You found the Be Our Guest Walt Disney World Trip Planning Podcast. This is where your memories come front and center on our podcast stage. Welcome to episode 2169 of the Be Our Guest Walt Disney World Trip Planning Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Rallman, from BeOurGuestPodcast.com and one of the senior agents over at the Magic for Less Travel. Happy Monday to you. Hope you had a great weekend as we did here in St. Peter's, Missouri, as we celebrated homecoming for Francis Howell School District for the Francis Howell Vikings. Of course, we do record these shows a little bit early, so I hope upon hope that our Vikings are still undefeated and ranked number two or possibly number one in the state of Missouri and that everybody celebrated that big Viking win with a fun uh, dance, all the students down there at the high school on Saturday night, and that fun was had by all our community got together. And I know that this past weekend, it was a cold one. It got down in the 30s for the first time since last uh, spring. So fall is definitely in the air. The, the crispness of the fall is hitting here in the Midwest. Maybe it is where you're living in the world. Maybe it's uh, may, maybe you're listening in Australia and it's getting warmer and warmer every day. I find that so absolutely cool that our podcast is heard around the world. So wherever you're listening to the show here today, I hope the show finds you well. Hope you're having a good time uh, this time of the year with those you love. And of course, we are together today. Talking Disney. That's what the Be Our Guest podcast is all about. We get together three or four times a week, every week, and talk about the fun stuff. And Disney's always going to be the fun stuff here on the Be Our Guest podcast. We try to never bring you down. We try not to get very negative. We try to always keep it positive and keep it fun because if you want negativity, you want bad news, there's plenty of places to find that. But my philosophy with our show, and by our show, I mean collectively, You're listening. It's our show together. It's your show, my show. We're all together. We're going to make this a fun show. We always have and always will. 
So today, let me tell you how this show is going to be a little bit different than any other podcast we've ever done. When we were getting ready to record the Trip Report show with a listener last week, as we do on Wednesday nights, we had some issues connecting to get the podcast recorded, get that Trip Report recorded, and uh, couldn't get it done. So I had to get this show out there, and I've been wanting to try this concept here for a little bit. So we're going to give this one a go, and if it works well, we'll do it again, and maybe we'll add Scott in, and we'll do this with two hosts and the audience in the chat room. Or maybe we'll do it again just kind of one-on-one, myself and the chat room. But what we're going to do today, just to kind of have some fun and try something different. I mean, after 2,100 shows, it doesn't hurt to try something different on a Monday. We're going to do something I call Five Good Minutes. And, of course, I listen to a lot of sports talk radio, uh, also stuff like ESPN News, a lot of sports uh, programming. And I've seen this done with uh, with sporting talk. And all it is, you know, concepts come up, topics come up, and you have to talk for five good minutes about that topic. So what I'm doing today is that we have a lot of folks here joining us in the live chat on Facebook or YouTube. And I appreciate our live folks that join us, many, many join us every time we go live. And it makes my day to see these familiar faces in the live chat. We are going to take those topics. I'm going to talk for five good minutes on those topics if I can. Some of these might be a stretch. We'll see what we can do, but I'll do the best I can. No longer than five minutes, then I'll go right to the next topic, and we'll get as many topics in as we can in 35 minutes. All right, so we have them lined up here like bowling pins in the live chat. So let's see, we're going to start here, and I saw, let's see here, it is, uh, let's see here, Lisa is here, and she, I believe, is down in Alabama. So we're going to take her first one. She says, and I'm going to so what's going to happen here? I'm going to start the clock if I can get my phone to stop timing out. So starting five minutes now, she says, I need the best tips for New Year's Eve. All right, clock has started. So New Year's Eve, first of all, my number one tip for anybody going to Walt Disney World on New Year's Eve is you should go to Epcot for that night. Epcot is the place to be on New Year's Eve. For a multitude of reasons. In the past, always the best fireworks with illuminations. I don't know how that's going to work with Harmonious this year and the the transition we're getting out of Harmonious, but I would still go there. The Another reason to go to Epcot is that they have these mini dance clubs set up in the countries. In the past, over the past few years, they've had this dragon, in, this fire-breathing dragon in China with, I mean, the loudest sound system you can ever imagine to dance to, we we had a huge group there one year. I mean, a group of about 30 of us from the show, Ricky's family, Pam's family. Uh, Scott was there. We had folks that listened to the show from England. J- uh, Messiah was there from Japan. We had folks from all over the United States joining us. It just grew and grew and grew as the night went on. And we went from China. We were dancing over there with all the bass. They had a silent disco in Japan. If you've never gone to a silent disco, those are amazing. Everybody's rocking out, but it's dead silent. It's the most eerie thing if you're not participating. Then we also went over to the UK. They had some live music over there, Beatles Impressions Band. You know, that was fun. And we just walked around the countries and had a good time. Now, a couple other tips. Make sure you bring warm weather gear because that night it was really cold by by midnight, 1 o'clock in the morning. So we were bundling up. So make sure that you have some warm weather gear. Pam Forrester, she mentions this on this week's show, I think, is that um, she actually bailed us out because she had some of those hot hands, those little 
things you buy, like football players wear, that you break them in the little pouches, and you could put them like in your hoodie pouch, and they keep your, your hands super warm, like a chemical reaction. So those are a really good tip too. Another huge tip for New Year's Eve, you have to have an ADR and get the ADR for between 4 and 6 p.m. Doesn't matter where. It could be up at Garden Grill. It could be up at Coral Reef. It could be at Space 220 or it could be back in World Showcase. You could do Beer Garden. You could do, you know, whatever. We've done um, uh, the uh, Bistro de, de Paris or Bistro de France uh, the last couple of times. You just want to have a place to sit for a couple of, for, for at least an hour to get off your feet. Somebody to bring you a solid meal, you know, something where you're sitting down, you're in air conditioning, you're in heat, whatever the temperature is, you're relaxing for a good hour to 90 minutes because you're going to be going hard with about half the planet following you around for the next six hours or so. So you want to have that ADR. Plus, here's the other secret tip. You need to make sure, now this, is, this sounds so basic and this sounds like me when I was a sixth grade teacher. You want to make sure that you use the restroom before you leave that nice restaurant, that sit-down restaurant that night. Because the thing is, it's going to be difficult to find restrooms that are not having long lines as you go later and later into the evening, 9, 10, 11 o'clock in the evening. So use the restroom in your restaurant where you're having dinner right before you leave because likely there'll be no wait to use that restroom. Likely it'll be the cleanest restroom for the rest of the night because it's the less frequented restroom. And so that, that's a pro tip that we've learned over the years. All right, we have about one minute left. Okay, so for New Year's Eve, so stake out your fireworks spot well early. The thing that I think gets a lot of people in trouble is that on New Year's Eve, a lot of folks still try to see a lot of attractions. And that's kind of a sucker bet for New Year's Eve. You can, you can do attractions because it's a long day, right? Plus, we don't go to the park until about two or three in the afternoon. We sleep in that day. We've played miniature golf that afternoon and we've gone in about four, gone to our dinner and only made it so that we only do the park for that evening. And that makes it a super pleasant experience. If you're there in the morning from rope drop and you're trying to go until New Year's Eve till, till midnight, that is super hard with that crowd because you're going to get the noisemakers given out if they do that around seven and all that noise makes you even more tired. But it is, uh, it's a crazy experience, and it is one that I think every Disney fan, every Disney fan, you got to do a New Year's Eve at Epcot. There's nothing like it. It's been one of my favorite experiences ever. It is exhausting. I think I go out of Epcot more tired after New Year's Eve than I do after the Dopey Challenge. I'm not kidding. My feet hurt. My back hurts. But I have the biggest smile on my face because there's just something about the world coming together for a new year at Epcot. It's perfect. So... Definitely give it a shot, and uh, there you go. So there's, all right, there's five good minutes. Uh, stop. Stop. Cancel. Cancel. Oh, there. Okay, I didn't know how to cancel it. All right, so there's five good minutes on Epcot. Let's see here. James says, best margarita on property. Now, I'm not a big drinker, but I will try to go for five minutes. I might not make five on this one, but I want to hit this topic. We got a lot. This is going to be kind of rapid fire here. So, Margaritas on property. The favorite place for me to go for margaritas is Maya Grill. Now they have a, this one kind of comes and goes and it was gone for, it was there forever, gone for about four years or so, but now it's back. They have a margarita flight. Now, if, if the thing is, I, I don't drink a lot of margaritas, but 
I do enjoy the margarita flight because I get to try four different kinds of margaritas there and the little small, you know, taste, you know, little flights, you know, little shots of margaritas. But that's a fun way to try different flavors throughout your meal. You have your chips and guac or your salsa and then your meal. I do that. They also have a very good jalapeno margarita at Maya Grill. That is a solid choice. Another place that I've had a really good margarita, and I know this sounds kind of crazy, and I don't even know if they have this on the menu all the time. I've had a good margarita at Olivia's on the on the um, patio. Now, I think that one, it was just a basic margarita. I ordered it one race weekend. We were down there. We are kind of relaxing one night, just having a good meal. And I think it was just really a basic margarita. But we were I was there with a bunch of friends. It was the perfect weather that night. And we were sitting on the patio at Olivia's where it's just perfect, right? It's like you're sitting outside in Florida. I think it was January, but the temperature was like 75 and it was dark. The ceiling fans were on. People were walking by. And, you know, if I'd have been back home, I'd have been getting ready to go to work. And it was like a Thursday night. And I was sitting on a patio having a margarita, eating apps, you know, snacking on good food with some of my best friends from around the world. So that was pretty amazing. Trying to think other places that I've had a good margarita, I want to say, well, so of course you always have to try out the frozen margarita at the place outside of Mexico. Now I will tell you, funny story about that. I always try to wrap up the full marathon on Sunday with a margarita in hand, a frozen margarita in hand. Now I'll tell you what, because you know I heard the rumor before my first marathon, Got to have a margarita when you cross the line. I thought, yes, I do, because I do like margaritas. Again, I don't drink that much. That that first year, uh, in 2015, when I finished my very first full marathon anywhere ever, I did, I did get a margarita at that little stand outside of Mexico. And so you only have like less than a mile to get to the finish line after that. And I was so thirsty. By that point, I was super dehydrated, but I didn't realize it. But I mean, I've been running for almost five hours at that point. So I actually drank it pretty quick. You know, you're supposed to sip a margarita. I drank it too fast. And that thing skunked me by the by the finish line. And it was, it was, I mean, I was fine to get there, but I mean, I felt the effects of that margarita within like 10 minutes. It was like the most, maybe they made it super strong. Now, another year that I went through to get that margarita at the finish line, there was a huge line by the time I got to the stand because people were already getting them. The park was open and so forth. I was like, oh, man, I don't want to wait in a 30-minute line. So I took a chance, and I said, runner coming through. Runner needs a margarita. And I'll tell you what, it worked. The line for the margarita stand opened up like Moses part in the Red Sea. I went right through. Everybody said, there's a runner coming through. He needs a margarita, people. People were offering to buy the margarita for me. I didn't let anybody buy a margarita for me. I was inflicting my own pain. I did have my magic band on. So I used my magic band, got my margarita, and finished the race. And that time I sipped. I was very, like it was second year, so I was careful with my margarita. Last story about a margarita finishing the Walt Disney World Marathon. Scott and I had a friend who was a friend with Chippendale at the finish line. And we wanted to get a picture with this friend of a friend of Chippendale at the finish line. I'll try to post it on social media. This It's the best picture ever. But the thing is... The characters cannot be around anybody that has alcohol in their hands. So I'm crossing the line and I hold up my margarita, but I don't realize it. Scott and I are there with Chip or Dale. I can't remember which one it is. 
And so once this character apparently realizes that I still have the margarita in my hand, which I totally didn't realize. I mean, I'm out of my mind because I've been running for five hours. I'm exhausted. I'm just trying to finish the race with Scott. We've been talking, you know, since three o'clock in the morning. We're so tired, but we're finally at the finish line. We're just so happy. We're like running on sunshine, holding up the, you know, holding up the margarita across the line for the picture. Chippendale, Chipperdale's running with us. And then Chipperdale has to whew, peel off because they cannot, they cannot be seen in a picture with a drink. So it's kind of funny. I'll try to post that picture too. So there's your margarita stories, James. Thanks for that. Okay, Alfred's got a topic here. Let me hit start. Whew, this is hard. Magic bands at Disneyland. Will they work as well as Walt Disney World? So here's the thing. The, obviously, I don't know if you heard the news, but magic bands are coming to Disneyland, which is pretty exciting because I will give you some, you know, when I was out at Disneyland, I am such a Walt Disney World person that I did find it kind of weird to not have a magic band at all throughout that entire trip. But the more I got into the trip, because we were there for five days in the park, seven days total, it was fine not having a magic band, really. We used Genie Plus, but we used it on our phones, and it was totally fine. Didn't have any problems with that. Um, we used the, the room key. I still have sitting right here in the studio. I keep all my souvenirs. We used that, obviously, to get into our room. Uh, no problems there. But I think magic bands will be in addition to Disneyland because the thing is with something like magic band, it's a, it's an evolving technology where is, is the magic bands roll out at Disneyland. They obviously won't have the same capabilities that they do at Walt Disney world. They've, they've stated that. I don't think they open the hotel room doors immediately, but I think they will eventually. Now will Disneyland have interactive features in galaxy's edge like they do in Batu at Walt Disney World. I don't know if they have that right off the bat, but will they have that? Absolutely, they'll have that because they can clone that very easily. I think that, you know, give it a year, two years, maybe 18 months, maybe right in the middle. Disneyland will have magic bands that have the exact same capabilities as Walt Disney World. It's just going to take time. You know, Walt Disney World's had basically a decade head start. And so... I would guess that that's, you know, that's something that Disneyland can't catch up to overnight. They're going to have to, you know, retrofit the, the hotel room doors to work with magic bands. They're going to have to put in the RFID corresponders in Batu if they haven't already. You know, Walt Disney World's got the um, those golden statues that interact with magic band pluses. But I would imagine all the new stuff that comes around with magic band plus is they develop these new concepts. What they're going to do is look at Disneyland and Walt Disney World together from this point forward and say, okay, how can we make this work on the West Coast? How can we make this work on the East Coast? But I think kind of your more legacy things that Magic Bands do, that's that's where they're going to catch up with things because they got to get the infrastructure in place. But yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be great because I think if you don't have something like a like an Apple Watch, like I use my Apple Watch, and I'll tell you what, at the theme parks, I use Apple Pay. In, I mean, in the real world, I'll be honest. I mean, when I get gas, I use Apple Pay at the, the gas station. When I go to Target, if I ever go inside Target, or the grocery store, or wherever I go, I other th other than restaurants. Sorry about that. Riley's excited because we have uh, folks coming over. Uh, other than restaurants, where you got to hand your your credit card to the to the server. 
I always use Apple Pay. So basically, Apple Pay is the equivalent of a magic band. It's one click, boom, you touch it to the to the transponder, and your, your transaction is done. It's simple. You're done. You don't have to worry about it. So I would think those things are coming to Disneyland very soon, if not immediately. But they'll be equal here very, very soon. All right, let's get to the next topic. Tom Murray says, let's hit cancel. Let's start a new one. What are your top five counter service options in each park? Ooh, that's a tough one. All right, so here we go. Let me go the four parks. This is just off the top of my head because this is going to be fast. Magic Kingdom, I would go. This is not in order, but I'll give my top five. I don't know if I can even come up with five for each park. Let's see. Definitely Columbia Harbor House. Uh, let's see. I would go Pecos Bills because they have Mexican food. They have fajitas. I would go, let's see, mm, let's see, what else at Magic Kingdom, if I had to rate them? Uh, Cosmic Rays, that the place I do love, that chili dog there, and they have that crazy mac and cheese cheeseburger that's not bad. They also have a salad that's not bad, so I would give Cosmic Rays a nod. Don't want to go Pinocchio Harbor House. I would go Sleepy Hollow for the, um, the, the chicken, uh, spicy chicken waffle, whatever that's called, so that's four. And I'm trying to think of a fifth. What, what would I give as my fifth option? Not Pinocchio's Village House, but what could I go with? Uh, okay, let me skip that one and come back to that one. Okay, next for Epcot. And this is going to be a little bit difficult. Counter service at Epcot. Yorkshire Fish and Chips is one of my favorite places. Love my fish and chips. The counter service place in Japan. I always forget the name of it. I always forget it. But it's got great Shogun special. Or the chicken chicken teriyaki. I'm pretty basic. I know. It's not very fancy. Uh, let's see. Sunshine Seasons has to be on there, even though it's old school. But it has been surpassed, in my opinion, by Cre uh, not Cre Connections Cafe. I do like Connections Cafe. The liege waffle is good there. The chicken sandwich is good there. They have really good food. So there's four. Uh, oh, I, got, I have to give the cantina a nod. So there's my five. The cantina in Mexico. So I know I left out a bunch of them, but if I had to go five, that's what I would go. Hollywood Studios. I don't even know if I'd come up with five at Hollywood Studios. Number one, obviously, ABC Commissary for the Buffalo Chicken Mac and Cheese Sandwich. Steak fries, boom, that is the best. I'm still craving it right now. So that's number one. Number two would be Backlot Express because they have some pretty good options, great seating. Uh, number three, uh, I'm trying to think. They have a really good hot dog down at uh, Rosie's, down that area, down by Tower of Terror. It's either Rosie's or Tokaluka Chicken Legs or Turkey Legs, whatever that place is. So that'd be my number three choice. Number four would be, okay, if, I guess you could count this, uh, Ronto Roasters, my Ronto wrap. Be the, breakfast is better, but I could do the regular one, but breakfast is better. So I go Ronto Roasters is four, and... Trying to think what else could I go with in that park. How about Woody's Lunchbox? Pretty good. You know, it's not bad. But I wouldn't put it above any of those other four. But I'd put it in at a solid five. So I'm going to go that. Animal Kingdom. I'm going Satuli Canteen, number one. Uh, I'm going to go Flame Tree Barbecue, two. Yak and Yeti Counter Service, three. Harambe Market, four. Number five. What do I want to give the last slot to? Uh, I would go... For Animal Kingdom, I would probably say, man, I'm trying to think. The last one. Is Restaurant Asaurus still there? Because I used to like that place. If it is, Restaurant Asaurus. 
All right, let's go to the next comment. I got all five of those in. So let's see here. Cancel and let's see here. Oh, Marcy's asking me to talk five good minutes about the Osborne lights. Let's do that, shall we? So as we come up on the holiday season, this is one of the things that I truly miss every year since they've gone away is the Osborne lights. To me, the Osborne lights are one of those things that Walt Disney World did so very well. And I'll tell you why, because part of the whole idea of the Osborne lights isn't even the lights themselves. And maybe if you've been around the Disney community long enough, maybe you can relate with me on this. So around that time of year, when they start putting up, not when they put up the lights, but when they get ready to turn them on. And they turn the lights on early, right? They turn them on early, usually around the beginning of November is when they have the first turning on of the lights. And I always remember for about three or four years, the, the Walt Disney World Today podcast, WDW Today, with Matt, Mike, Mike, and Len, would do a special with a lot of their listeners from the, from the studios, because Matt obviously ran StudioCentral.com. They would have a big meetup every year at the Osborne Lights for the very first night where they would turn the lights on and one of their listeners would always flip the switch. And a lot of times they would stream the lights being turned on for the first time. And I was always a huge Disney fan, right? But I, I couldn't get down there. I was a teacher, busy time of the school year, a lot going on back home. Obviously, this was in the middle of the week. I couldn't be at Walt Disney World during that time. But I remember listening in. I remember watching and that was kind of an unofficial start to my holiday season. I love seeing those podcasters that I loved with their listeners flipping that switch in that whole part of the park, lighting up and the lights dancing, the angels above New York Street and the, the stoops all lighting up and the music playing, the Trans-Siberian Orchestra. It was amazing. So that really kicked off my holiday season was seeing the Osborne Lights. Now, another memory about the Osborne Lights for me was associated with Run Disney. So back in the day, the Run Disney Wine and Dine Half Marathon Weekend was a night event. This was actually when it was a lot better. Probably the first four or five years, it was at night. In one of the parts of the course, you ran through the Osborne lights at night, and it was awesome. You would go into the studios, you'd run, you ran through this tunnel where they had the uh, costume shops, I believe it was back in the day. And you would, you know, they had it all decorated with lights. But then you would come out, and one of the parts of the Osborne lights was this, this carousel, this big, big carousel that hung. And I believe, I have, I have um, pictures somewhere, but it was like, it said, peace on earth, goodwill towards men, or something like that. Had angels. And I just remember when you got to run, it, it was kind of funny because all these runners were trying to run for a good time, you know, get a good pace have a good you know, finish, because this was towards the end of the race. But almost to a person, I remember, and this happened to me every time we ran through three or four years in a row, was that when everybody got to the, um, got to the Osborne Lights, everybody kind of slowed down. A lot of people even walked because it was so incredibly beautiful. The Christmas music was playing, and it was just an amazing sight. I mean, it was just remarkable. And you had all these runners who had been hauling butt for the last, you know, hour and a half to try to get a really good time for 13 miles, stopping, taking a million pictures with cheap iPhones back then, this was like 10 years ago, 
and just having a great time. Like, oh, there's the black cat. Because it was always fun to try to find the black cat. Remember that? Or, oh, there's the lightsabers. Because after they announced that Galaxy's Edge was coming, there was they put up lightsabers to denote this is where Galaxy, the Star Wars land will be eventually. I remember finding those. It, it was just, it was amazing that we got to run through there. Also, the last memory I have of Osborne Lights was that we had a, a podcast meetup there one night. And we had a bunch of listeners get together under the canopy, under the lights. And I would say that night we had over 100 listeners of the Be Our Guest podcast get together. And for so long, I never saw our podcast as being anything other than I just talk into the microphone and maybe a couple people listen here and there. But when 100 of us or more got together and we all had different religions, you know, not all of us had the same, you know, we weren't all Baptist or Episcopalian or, you know, Catholic or anything. We were just all kind of friends that got together and enjoyed the music and enjoyed the spirit of the season and enjoyed the friendship. And that night has stuck with me from that night through today. It meant so much to me to have those pictures, those friends. We had so many hugs and those friendships have continued on well past the lights going away. So thanks for bringing that up, Marcy. That is a great, great memory. And there's the, there's the timer. All right, let's do a couple more of these. Let's see. All right, Thomas has one here, and he says, if you get to build a new on-site hotel, what would it be and where would you put it? Oh, man, so much to talk about here for five minutes. All right, let's see what we got. If I was to build a new hotel, and they definitely, Walt Disney World more than anything right now, <laughs> from a travel agent perspective, needs a new hotel. Because, right, like this beginning in November, no hotel rooms available. Many days in December, zero hotel room availability. So we need more hotels. And I'll be honest, I would love to see a value and a moderate. Big ones come to property. So that's my two cents there. One value, one moderate. If I had to pick a theme, in a theme that had not been done, here's what I would do. I would go in on these, so I would do a value, I'm going in, I'm going to do two. I'm going to go one value, one moderate, and I'm going to lean into what Scott has been saying about a race weekend. Disney's missing the obvious. They're so missing the obvious. What do people really like when they go to Walt Disney World? They like the attractions. They love the attractions. They love the theme parks. So why don't we have an entire hotel that is dedicated to one attraction that has a rich history, a rich history. So how about this? There's no longer any Pirates of the Caribbean hotel rooms at Caribbean Beach. They've taken those out. They took those out about six months ago. They're replacing those, the building Trinidad over at Caribbean Beach. They're going to be replaced with uh, under the sea type themed rooms like Little Mermaid. What if, think about this. What if the moderate was a Skyliner resort Somewhere over near Caribbean Beach, Pop Century-ish, if they could find some land. I don't know exactly where. What if that was the Pirate's Cove? And it was Pirates of the Caribbean, all pirates. So maybe you have a kind of a good pirate section and kind of like a bad pirate section. You have like two halves. And, you know, you have your mess hall in the middle, you know, and all that stuff. I mean, it seems like you could really run with a theme there for a Pirates of the Caribbean hotel. Now, for my value, let's lean into the Haunted Mansion. And we go with the Haunted Mansion all the way through. And we, you know, the values would have all those different buildings. 
but you could have, you know, Master Gracie's mansion is one of the buildings. You could have like another building be the crypt. You could have another building be the attic. Think about all the different scenes. Another building could be the ballroom and you could have all those little, you know, the hat box ghosts could be, you know, kind of like the big figures at pop century. The ballroom right there. There's your food court. How's that? I mean, I haven't even given this any thought, but there's your value. You have the haunted mansion. Would okay? Here's the thing. Let me get your feedback. Would that sell? Let me scroll down to the bottom here. Would this sell? Carolyn says yes. A haunted mansion. Please build a fifth. Uh, build fifth sleepers. Yeah, because you have 999 uh, happy ghosts, so you got to have room for one more. So you got to have a fifth sleeper. Yes, I like the idea of a fifth sleeper. Yes. So yeah, I think the haunted mansion though would be cool. I like that as a value though because I could see Disney going on. Like, this has to be a deluxe because it's so... Uh, no, give it to the blue-collar people. Give it to the people that would really... Because, uh, you know, the, the, the people that have the means could go down to a value and stay there for a few nights. Alfred says it would be sold out all the time. I think so, because here's the thing. This would be sold out because I think that hardcore Disney fans would be goo-goo-gaga over either the Pirate Cove, Pirates of the Caribbean Hotel, or... A haunted mansion hotel that would be so right up our alley the folks like us that are huge disney nerds but both of those hotels the themes are general enough that even people who aren't disney nerds they know pirates and they know haunted mansion now if you did like a navi river journey hotel people that are not us would be like what are you talking about a flight of passage i have no idea what you're talking about i'm not staying at a flight of passage hotel not a clue but Everybody knows from pop culture, Pirates and Haunted Mansion. I think we could do this. Sean says a villain's hotel. That would work too. Absolutely would work. That would be a great choice too. But I got to stick with my guns. I'm going to go Value Resort, Haunted Mansion, the mess hall is the dining room, Pirates over for a moderate, and you have your mess hall is your dining room, your, your dining your, uh Ballroom is your dining room over at the Haunted Mansion. Oh, this would be so fun. Disney needs to contact us. You guys are awesome. Let's see. Let's do one more here. Uh, let's see. Do let's go to Donna here. One more here. Dang, I think it's going crazy. All right, we have time for one more. This show can't go long because my voice cannot. Just recovering from last Saturday night and yelling for three hours. Remember, I was yelling for old Mizzou. Okay, Donna has one here. She says, I'd love more overlays in Walt Disney World. What would you overlay? Ooh, that is good. I don't know how I feel about overlays. I kind of like them. I, how do you feel, though? I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Maybe on Sunday night when we get together in six days, we could talk about this on the live call show and get everybody's takes. Obviously, Disneyland overlays Haunted Mansion with uh, Haunted Mansion Holiday with The Nightmare Before Christmas. They overlay Small World. Um... Walt Disney World overlays Jungle Cruise and makes it the Jingle Cruise, which I think is very, very smart. I love the idea, and I love the execution of Jingle Cruise. I think that is perfect. Because the thing is, with Jingle Cruise, it doesn't take itself too seriously ever, 365 days a year. And by making it the Jingle Cruise, you're leaning into that aspect of the attraction. But you're making it, you're giving everybody a reason to write it between November and January, where you might say, oh, I've been on that a hundred times in my life. Yeah, but it's Christmas time. We're going to get a different script. We're going to see a Santa hat on the rhinoceros. 
I mean, who doesn't want to see a Santa hat on a rhinoceros, right? So yeah, I like that idea. What else would I overlay? Let me think. Outside of those, what about if we overlaid, and you can give me some thoughts here in the live chat and help me with this one. Haunted Mansion, we said. Um, what about if we overlaid pirates? What if we made the pirates up in Christmas gear? I, see, the thing is, I don't know if you could do that, though, because that would be a major undertaking. But I guess they do it with Haunted Mansion out at Disneyland. But Pirates is such a classic attraction, but so is Haunted Mansion. I don't know. I think Carousel of Progress does that, but they have the they have the last scene that is Christmas already. So not necessary because every season in, in uh, Carousel of Progress is a different holiday. Here's one thing real quick. Did you ever notice, and maybe this is one of those things, I was like, you know, today years old when I learned this about five years ago, is that the holidays that are portrayed in the Carousel of Progress move sequentially throughout one calendar year as the Carousel of Progress itself moves sequentially from a decade from decade to decade to decade to decade. I didn't ever put that together, but maybe you didn't know that. Maybe you're today's years old. You didn't realize the holidays go from like January to December throughout the year as you rotate through the, through the attraction as you're moving from like the early 1900s through the, whatever that is with laser disc player, the 1990s. <laughs> you probably knew that. I'm probably just the idiot. Uh, let's see here. Well, Peter Pan, Carolyn says. Yeah, and, and Alfred. That would be very, uh, yeah, that'd be something. Yeah, Peter Pan would work because you could kind of spice that up a little bit. That wouldn't be too hard. I'm trying to think of stuff. You, what about Winnie the Pooh? Winnie the Pooh might be an option too because that's one that's kind of trippy and that'd be kind of fun. Maybe even Seven Dwarves Mine Train. What about that? Put a little Christmassy on that. Maybe change the music instead of hi-ho. You put some Christmas music in there. That'd be fun. <laughs> I like it. All right. Well, hey, we gave it a try tonight, and I appreciate y'all being here. I know this wasn't the very best Be Our Guest podcast episode of all time, but we got in a crunch today, and I appreciate you being here, and I always appreciate you supporting our show. Sometimes you got to try something different. Sometimes you got to put yourself out there. I always tell this to my students. You can't succeed unless you try. And sometimes you got to be willing to, to make a mistake. And this, this podcast could absolutely be one and done. I don't like hearing myself talk this long by myself ever. I know this is not a great idea. But give me your feedback on social media. Five good minutes on random topics. And next time we could add Scott and we could bounce ideas off each other. I think that would make this concept better. And also, we could expand this to open up the phone lines and have myself, Scott, and a caller for five good minutes, and we could rally and we could rotate the callers through. But I want to, you know, I want to make this show so it's not stale. A podcast like ours could go stale after this long. I want to make it worth your time. If you're going to give us 40 minutes on a Monday, I want to make sure that 40 minutes is well spent for you. I never want to waste your time. I want to be respectful of it. I appreciate you so very much. And I hope you've had some fun thinking about some fun Disney topics today. That's the whole idea. So thanks for hanging with me. And thanks for being here with me. Of course, today's show brought to you by the Magic for Less Travel. I'd love to help you plan a great Disney vacation. If you'd like to do that with me, come on over to magicforless.com. Fill out that quote form. Mention the Be Our Guest podcast, and you and I are going to plan a trip together. We'll have a great time doing that this week. So just check them out today over at themagicforless.com. Also, use our Amazon affiliate link that... Um, 
Prime Day in October is coming up, October 11th and 12th. If you're going to do that shopping, please use our link. It still works on those days. It's BeOurGuestPodcast.com slash Amazon. And a sincere thank you to the patrons of the Be Our Guest Podcast. You truly do make all these shows possible, even this crazy one today. And our patrons get that bonus show called Mike in the Midwest every week. And if you'd like to join us, we'd sure love to have you. Come on over, patreon.com slash Podcast. Give me a follow on the social media. Let me know what you think about today's show. You're not going to hurt my feelings. I just want to always make this show awesome for you. It's Be Our Guest Mike on Instagram and Twitter. And of course, Sunday night, 7 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock Central, right here on YouTube and Facebook. We'll be taking your calls. We turn the show over to you to talk Disney. All right, we'll be back again on Wednesday. I promise it won't just be me. It'll be Pam. It'll be Ricky. It'll be Scott. We'll have some fun. We'll answer your listener questions. So until then, you guys stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll see you real soon. You've been listening to the Be Our Guest Walt Disney World Trip Planning Podcast. If you have questions, comments, or would like to be a guest on the show, please visit our website at BeOurGuestPodcast.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you real soon.